As Arroyo puts the ball oh, in the yeah. glove, the left arm came down. No. A game which will go down in Premier League history. Arsenal have let a four-goal lead slip. Quite incredible. Do you have any idea of bringing Colin Kaepernick in to compete for that back job? You just listen to that question I just answered. Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Huntley, three years invested in Joe Callahan. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm sure that one time or another I grabbed a lot of kids. We the New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. Thanks for tuning in to My Team Sucks, a podcast where sports fans come on and talk about everything they hate about their favorite sports teams. My name is Ethan Stanislavski. Today on the show, we have Justin Clark. He's a stand-up in Los Angeles under normal circumstances, a very good buddy of mine, a really funny guy, very uh, tart is the word I will use for him. Uh, he's from Seattle. He's going to talk about the Seattle Mariners, which is a very ripe subject for hatred. He is a very angry man. And uh, he expresses it through baseball. So uh, it's a great episode. I always say Justin's where my hate is dumped. Like everything I, I – he's a hater, so I can be less hateful in my day-to-day life. That's how I view Justin. So that's what you're getting with this podcast. A couple uh, business items. Uh, I am starting to do the show on Twitch again. Uh, I'm not doing full recordings of episodes, but I am summarizing – my teams and how they sucked in the past week. Um, so we had uh, the Twitch show back. We talked Packers and Knicks in the most recent episode, which is on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time at Ethan Stan Comedy on Twitch. Uh, we'll probably be doing some Arsenal in this upcoming episode, given how they've been doing lately. Uh, this We're recording this uh, in December of 2020, but you can pretty much pick any date in the past five years and it would apply for Arsenal. Jesus Christ. Uh, and we'll find one other team to do. I usually will have some regular guests on to rant about the teams. Um, but if you want, so if you want to follow us on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Ethan Stan Comedy. I'm doing some gaming and some other comedy stuff on there in general. But for the sports show, you can follow us at 3 p.m. Pacific time every Saturday. I'm doing some fun stuff. Also, we're debating a YouTube channel. So just YouTube My Team Sucks. There'll be links in the episode notes and you can find it there. So thank you so much. Let's get to the episode with Justin. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in today. I have my buddy Justin Clark on to talk Seattle Mariners. Justin, how are you doing today? Good. It's going to be a dark episode. Yeah, there's. it's fun. There's been some episodes so far where I've had, all right, the team's doing well, but there's got to be some things that suck about it. And then there's some episodes where it's like, oh, this team is clearly the worst and we have to, we have, we have to cut it to so it's not five hours. And Well, let's make one thing very clear. We have reached rock bottom. We yeah. this is a solid foundation with which every other episode can build upon. No one's going to be worse than the Mariners. There is not going to be a sadder, more pathetic story. Yes. I started this podcast with the Astros and we've had the Washington football team, but in terms of continued lack of success, uh, you're pretty, pretty up there. Yeah. Consistency. I, I, yeah. Was at, I was at the Mariners last playoff game, third baseline, <laughs> Three rows back at Safeco in 2001 when the Yankees swept those three months. Dodd Jeter. I, uh, I was a 13-year-old boy, and, uh, <laughs> and now I'm a 32-year-old man. So let's get real sad. Yeah, that's uh, d- almost three times, two-thirds of your life 
almost yeah. without any of that. Yeah, that's Ichiro, uh, was Ichiro's rookie year. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the last time the last Mariners rookie of the year before uh, before good old Kyle Lewis did it in an eighth of a season. Yeah, in whatever this whatever you want to call this season, but yeah, and it's it feels like I don't. The Mariners did Ichiro dirty in a lot of ways. He was so amazing. And like even as someone who was not a Mariners fan, I would be like, he's unbelievable and I love watching him. But it seems like they never got it done for him or Felix for that matter. You know, I mean it's heartbreaking. But like especially a guy like Felix who was just like, Hey, I like you got it. I mean, he when he won the Cy Young when we were still terrible. He had to like he couldn't you he could he if he gave up two runs, it was a loss. So it was like right. he had to be great every and then Ichiro was Ichiro's like a fascinating character. Like Ichiro, I mean, we got Ichiro on the cheap because Nintendo owned the Mariners back then. I mean, we got Kazuhiro Suzaki the year before. So Kazuhiro Suzaki won the Rookie of the Year in 2000, and then Ichiro came in and won it in 2001. Uh, So we had just built, and we had, and our farm system was great, and then we just, I mean, Lou left. I mean, like, Brett Boone was roiding. So, I mean, that whole roster was at the end of their, like, they were all up. Jay Buhner was 40. Jamie yeah. Moyer. I mean, they all just got old and died within four years. <laughs> like, so, and then they they didn't, they, our farm team, our farm system was atrocious. We missed on every, I mean, then we went and we did things like uh, flipped, uh, Oh, what's his face to Baltimore for uh, Jones? We flipped Jones to Baltimore for Eric Bedard. Eric Bedard, yeah, Adam Jones, not Pac-Man. Adam Jones. We, yeah. we sent Adam Jones to the Orioles for Eric Bedard, who I think is now a jazz musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's that trade was a. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. And then you you passed on Trout in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a whole situation, and now he's on. We pass on Lincecum. Uh, the last high draft pick we draft was a uh, uh, Mike Zwino, who uh, was in the World Series this year. Uh, a big, a nice, a nice comment the uh, the announcer had was Mike Zwino to the plate. Uh, nineteen hits uh, this season. That's uh, that's nineteen total hits this season. The guy had nineteen hits. 19. We drafted him third overall. At that point, just say, like, hey, welcome to the plate, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a former high Mariner draft pick. Right down <laughs> yeah, it's uh what happened oh. was what happened was we 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 hit on we drafted Griffey and A-Rod and hit home runs with both of them. And then the and then the baseball gods were like, fuck you guys forever. <laughs> I honestly felt really um when the Nationals won the year before, the last real season, um, it was interesting because I, I remember the, the Nationals that between the Expos and Nationals, they were the only other franchise. It's never been World Series. Yeah. So the Mariners are now. I in... was very emotionally invested in that. I yeah. Because uh, I, I mean, I watched a lot of those with Danny Jollis too. Danny Jollis is a big. Yeah. Like, been on the oh. podcast already. Yeah. And now, yeah, now I got, now I just, now it's just me on my island with my shitty team. I mean, it's an abusive relationship and it's just like, <laughs> I'm in it now. Like, I've been with them through all my prime years. Like, I don't have the looks anymore. You know, I just have to say, like, family members, like, you don't see how he treats me when you're not around. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I just let the Mariners beat me and then go cheat on me in the weekends. 
Yeah. That works. It's interesting because I feel like it was, it was like two or three years ago they were almost in the playoffs. They would be in the playoffs if it was the format now. We're, and two then, three year, we're constantly two or three years from being two or three years away. Yeah. Like, but it was like you were like if, – if, I think you were like 560 winning percentage like that. And they are like, yeah, we're going to rebuild. And I just remember being like, but – you almost made the playoffs and now yeah. you're rebuilding. Like what? Nothing. I mean, it's like, it's, we live in a Susian world. The Mariners are a Susian baseball team. We do every, nothing. You cannot apply reason to what we do. There is no reason. Like I've always said, like, if you want to, if you want to get rid of money, don't burn it, give it to the Mariners. <laughs> That's the best way to throw money away. The Mariners were the first professional organization baseball, but otherwise, with a hundred million dollar payroll, at least in baseball, with a hundred million dollar payroll, to lose a hundred games. I mean, we're, we're fantastic. We are born losers, and we do it with consistency and panache that is unrivaled. Mm. Do you think it's ownership? Uh, like, it's, 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 what? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Nintendo sold a couple years back to the minority owners to keep it in the city, which was cool because Nintendo had really originally bought. The Mariners, A, like, it's kept them in town, like, kind of saved them from leaving, but, like, just to kind of build their foothold in America and with American audiences. And, I mean, if you remember, like, King Griffey Jr.'s home run, all the base, there was no, like, branded franchise baseball games, like, when the Super Nintendo era outside in N64, like, outside, it was all Griffey because right. Nintendo owned it and Nintendo owned the Mariners. But when they sold them, they sold to minority, no one big. I mean, I think it's, a, it's just a bunch of guys who have money, but no real name, but I think are all pretty invested in keeping the Mariners around. And they seem, you know, I, it's their businessmen. I think they just, as long as we, they turn a profit. Right. It, it's in, I mean, the Northwest is fiercely loyal. Mm. Like, so it's, it's, we love having sports teams and we will go to the games no matter what. We don't like outsiders, and that's like a lot of like. If you look at any big Seattle sports star, like like Russell Wilson hasn't gotten any MVP votes in his entire career, which is pretty crazy. But it's mm. because like the Northwest is insulated, and as long as we get to keep them, the problem with the fan base is just like I'm like, let's send some death threats. Let's go. Let's be a little New York about this, okay? Let's like <laughs> let's 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 abduct a kid for an hour, just for an hour. One of the players gets for an hour, like uh, uh, front office, not like we'll take him to ice cream and shit. We'll bring him back, but let's put some fear of God in him, just a little bit. It is. They yeah. don't like our general manager is Jared Apato or whatever his name is. Uh, uh, yeah, Jared Apato, who is who the Angels fired. We, we have our GM is a retread GM from within the division. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the team that couldn't get uh, Trout in the playoffs, the reject for that is now your GM. Yeah. Jeez. Like, why? Like, we hired a guy our rivals fired because he wasn't doing a good enough job. And we're like, ah, you're, that's fine. That, that bar, yeah, we're not going to raise it. That's fine. So you, can, you can do good here. Yeah. That's what the Jets did with Adam Gase, and so that's not a it's good. Not a uh, Jets of baseball, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good, it's not an admirable comparison. You don't want to be. That Don't get me started. I'll go on a whole tangent. I was I called this scenario with the Jets when it started. You're talking to a guy, Adam Gase. You give you give a guy who the Miami Dolphins fired keys to the castle. You give him head coach and GM. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, it's not a good move. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, 
will be interesting to see how much they fuck up Trevor Lawrence. That'll be fun. Uh, I have a lot of faith that they will find a way to fuck up Trevor Lawrence. I think, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is going off through eyes. He should just stay. I feel bad for Sam Darnold because I do, I did think he was a star in the league, but I think he's so screwed up now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you, that's a reclamation project, but like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, you go fuck yourself. No, no way. I'm putting out there, I'm putting out there that I'm not going to be drafted by the Jets. And if they take me, I'm going to go back to college. And, and if they try to take me, well, after my senior year, I'll just hold out a year like Michael Crabtree status. Like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't hold it against him. Uh, but he can eat all the McDonald's in the White House with Trump. He wants, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, exactly. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, back to the man because it is like the cratering of that team because they. I mean, I, I think I've told you this, you know, before. the The first time I ever cried it, watching a sports game was Game Five of the '95 Divisional Series with that. Oh, moment oh yeah and it was just uh so there and like i feel like you know there's the whole narrative that you know they saved baseball in seattle with that win and they my but college they, thesis was on that really yep. let's let's talk about your college thesis for a little bit it was it was how it was how the 95 it was how local media's portrayal of the 95 mariners saved or the 95 mariners saved seattle in baseball and how you could track it through local media's interest in the team so mm-hmm. I just I went through the archives of Seattle Times, the Seattle PI, Seattle PI, which doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was just you just watched like it go from a quarter of a column on any Mariners game to like growing and growing and growing and growing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I mean that's we've been riding off the ninety five refuse to lose season for twenty five years now. Pretty much. Because- but you're you were right when you said that the Mariner, the Pacific Northwest is fiercely loyal. Cause I remember there, I remember there was like a New York times article in the 2001 season where they're like, uh, the only team that rivals like Mariners passion is the Packers and like that level of insanity. So it is like, I don't think it's sneaky just how loyal Seattle fans are to their teams in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, because no one even knows the Northwest exists really. I mean, it's starting to happen now, but like, I mean, you're, I mean, you're up in Vancouver right now. Like the nearest, city to seattle i mean portland's three hours south and but san francisco's 15 hours or 12 hours right. away. uh and it's so it's like we're not we're just up here in the corner and americans are so stupid that they just think we're canada and i swear to god it's not even a joke like growing up i moved a ton growing up and i bounced around california a little bit and always ended up back in seattle but like when i was in through high school and I mean, there are people who are like, Vancouver, Seattle is one of those, like, motherfucker. Yes, we're American, you idiot. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Jesus Christ, look at a goddamn map. Yeah. But, I mean, we're just so far up in the corner. And, but also, like, we like that. Like, the Northwest is the Northwest because the Northwest doesn't want to, they don't give a shit. They just, we don't like, just leave us alone. So, like, we're up there <laughs> and we're fine. We're waiting for, we're waiting for global warming to make us California. And we're not letting you guys in. You're not coming. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Why would you live in California right now? It's very yeah. unclear. We're the, we're North America's New Zealand. That's actually a really good comparison. I like that. And uh, but still with rampant amounts of COVID, unlike New Zealand at the moment. Yeah. Well, you know, we've we're on the same. We have a lot. Yeah. We have a giant. I forget how all that because it started in the old folks community. Yeah. But, yeah, before it hit New York, Seattle was the hardest hit by it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like, and then we, but then we all got together and like they made like they started like 
fundraisers or GoFundMe's to start to put together infrastructure to run tests and stuff because they weren't even going to wait on the administration. They're like, no, fuck you guys. We'll figure this out. Yeah. I mean, we're also, we, we're like, we're a city, like we live on Bill Gates' word. Like some mm. don't, but like we're like, and Bill we trust. And our dude called this out years ago. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, it is an oddly, like it's also just a, the Northwest is just an area of runaways. So it's like, we get everyone else's outcasts. And it's, it's hard to recruit players that way, too, because yeah, I was about to you have about, to. Yeah, how the, the travel. players that like, work in Seattle across the board with football, baseball, or basketball, RIP, yeah. uh, are players that, I mean, because you kind of have to commit to being, the Northwest either works for you or it doesn't. Uh, there's no, like, I'll, I'll live here in the offseason. Well, we're a minute away. I mean, we're a while away from everything. So it's like the guys that like become big names in Seattle are people who like really adopt the city. So you get like, and there are people that make sense. Like Jay Buhner is a legend. And he always will be up in Seattle. Uh, uh, I mean, Russ has become big, but uh, uh, um, a lot of the guys, I mean, Griffey, I mean, the whole Griffey saga, Griffey married a Seattle girl. And when he left, he never came back. Her whole family's from Seattle. And mm. he couldn't he couldn't get out of Seattle quick enough. Right. So it's like it either I mean, it either worked or it doesn't. And it was great in the early two thousands we used the eight like the, the Japanese pipeline because we're on the same latitudinal line as right. uh, Japan. So we've got so our weather and our climate and our treat, like our it's all very similar to Japan and there's a big I believe we are the closest port to Tokyo. I think mm. we're closer than San Francisco. So we've always been a big hub for that, and we've always had like a big infrastructure of Eastern populations. So it was always, and we took advantage of that in the early 2000s with getting a lot of those Japanese players. And that's something we touted was, hey, look, we we have a community of, it's here. We're not right. that different. You know, we're not Los Angeles. There's, it's just, so it was, it was a familiar setup to a lot of them, and it, and it worked out for us. Like a weird thing is like Seattle's most polluted day was just a day in 1997, like a summer day. And <laughs> the Tokyo smog had floated across the Pacific and Jesus. just sat down on the city because we're Seattle's in between two mountain ranges. So it's like when stuff goes in there, it just sits down. And they were just like, everyone was like, what the hell's happening? Hmm. It was just all the way from Tokyo. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was trying to think of like big Mariners free agent signings in like the last decade plus and no, i'm that's it. drawing a blank that's we, really no. not good and then we were in on prince fielder which i did not want in 2010 mm. because our our general manager at the time jack zarenzik that guy can go straight to hell uh oh, i don't even think he's in the league anymore uh came from milwaukee and thank god we didn't get because it was so easy like prince fielder was a cool dude but it was just like dude you have maybe two years left before right. a dead body falls apart right um, but uh yeah it, he lasted i mean we hung on to him for too long he gutted the farm system and then we just went through a rotating series of general managers and coaches and it's just like we've had we've had no consistency since lou so since mm. Pinella left since Pinella left the next guy we hired i think was bob melvin who is the A's head coach now and has been for a while and he's great. And we just didn't give him enough of a chance, but like he was the only guy, I mean, 
there is just a list of nobodies after after Lou. It's Bob Melvin, Mike Hargrove, who lasted two years, John McLean, who lasted two years, Jim Brigelman, who lasted a year, Don Wakamatsu, who lasted a year, Darren Brown, a year, half a year, Eric Wedge, what, two, three years, Lloyd McClendon, a year, and Scott, and now we're at Scott Cervais, who's been the longest tenured. He started in 2016. But I mean, we just had a bunch of one and dones for the better part of a decade. Mm. Yeah, that's not a recipe for consistency. And it's no. like, also, what is a, if you're a manager is like at this point, the one of the least relevant people, but if you, that you want consistency out of that. So if your manager situation is causing drama, that there's drama all around. Totally. And if you're like a young prospect and you don't know where Seattle is, or you don't know what it's about. And the other thing is, I mean, we're not Los Angeles. We're not Chicago. We're not New York. We're not like, grunge is over we're not a cool place people don't think about us so it's like we're not getting free agents like that we, that's never been our game because we have to overpay for them to get them out there and we right. had to overpay for cano by probably 10 million dollars yeah just to get him to the northwest so it's like our the times we've been good like our bag has always been our farm system and our farm system has just not been there which is like i mean you know baseball enough like Baseball's farm system is a joke. Like it's yeah. constant. I mean, it's like a third world country. It's just like taking weird advantages of kids and pay them nothing and then keep them till they're 30. But it's right. like our, our farm system has just been, we just haven't had one for 15 years probably. I mean, sir, uh, Felix is like the last guy homegrown guy to come I and mean, he, he stayed with us his whole career but that I mean I can't think of I mean Kyle Lewis but yeah but he's a rookie I mean there isn't I mean Adam Jones was our farm assistant but we flipped him to Orioles so it's like we haven't had a star come out of our farm system since those guys hmm. that is a that's a track record of some kind there but I remember there was like – this must have been like 10 years ago at this point. I Baseball is a flat circle in terms of time. Really but, um, but there was like an ESPN, the magazine, that's how long ago it was, a cover story about how the Mariners are revolutionizing uh, baseball with focusing on fielding and defense. And I remember that year they hit like 220 as a team or something like that. And that's so, why we had Sean Figgins. That's why we got Sean Figgins, from, Sean Figgins from the Angels, who we paid a ton of money and was defensively great, but offensively. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, it was a joke. It's like, how, like, you got, I mean, how do you, how do you play one side of the field so, so well and the other side so poorly? It's just like, but yeah, I mean, that was the Jack Zorinzik years where, and it was almost because like, we just didn't have, A, we're a pitchless ballpark, so we're big. Right. It, it was just like, I mean, that's why Griffey left. He was pissed how big it was. And we're like, dude, left field is built for you. It's in. Left right. field is way in for your power hitting. Like, we tailored it to Griffey's swing. But he was pissed, threw a tantrum, went back home to Cincinnati. Who the fuck wants to go back to fucking Ohio? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, Griffey. Uh, and then when he, he, he stayed away for almost 10 years, he came back in 2008 on an interleague game and in three games hit three home runs all to the same, or in two games at three home runs, all to the same left field. And it's like, yeah, see, dude, we told you, you idiot. Yeah, it seems like, 
we've talked about this before, I think, about how, you know, when you look at, like, the remembrances to, like, Jeter or Ripken or, like, in our life, or Gwyn, like, all these players who had, like, amazing legacies, like, untouchable legacies, like, Griffey could have had that. He just, he just, his personality sort of doomed him. And it wasn't like he was a complete piece of shit as a human being. He was just... No, he's... He doesn't like attention. He doesn't like media. He's very crabby when it's like he, I mean, which is also like the Northwest work for him because we just don't have that media hype and we don't have that type of media. Like Art Feel was our big sport baseball writer, beat writer, and he is a fantastic sports writer. But I mean, I I mean, he was our guy and there was no, I mean, and you knew when Art was going to cover a piece, it was going to be a good piece, but like there was no, you know. If you're a player up there, especially in the 90s, you had to deal with four guys, you know, right. as, as far as the press conference goes. But um, and I, it, I think Griffey was fortunate to get drafted by the Mariners in that situation because he isn't a guy who can he doesn't do big city. He doesn't do big interviews and all that. He's just a family dude. He wants to be home with his kids and having fun. Um, which is why he didn't want to go anywhere else but to the Reds. Like he just wanted to go back, which is admirable. But yeah. um, still Ohio. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he got screwed from playing in the Kingdom for the first ten years of his career on that AstroTurf, which is just carpet on cement. So his knees were done by the time mm-hmm. he went to the Reds. His knees were shot. So he yeah. had one good season. His knees kicked in, and we're like, "Sorry, dude, that was us." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about other fallen uh, Mariners heroes, like. You know, as a Yankees fan, I have complicated, say the least, opinions on Alex Rodriguez. Is your opinion of him just pure animosity, or is there more nuance there? I mean, the city hated him for years because, I mean, A-Rod was the first giant con. I mean, he was the first. He brought baseball into this era with that con- with that $256 million yeah. Rangers contract. I mean, that was, I mean, it was just bananas. No one had heard of that before. I remember I was in seventh grade, and my English teacher had a breakdown in class. He just got pissed, like stopped lecturing and was, and just went, erased everything off the chalkboard, wrote, wrote a rods, wrote $253 million, wrote his entire, uh, salary and then divided it by 161 or 163 games or however many. And then, and then that number, he was like, that's, and then divided that number by, uh, three or four. And he goes, that's how much it was like 36,000 something dollars. And he goes, that's how much A-Rod gets per at-bat. Mm. And he just look, he looked at us all for like 30 seconds in dead silence. And he goes, I get paid $33,000 a year. <laughs> and it just went back to teaching. <laughs> it, was, it was like, he like almost cried. It was, <laughs> it was the most bizarre, but darkly funny. So like, but here's the other thing. Like when you look at that contract and his war, like his wins above replacement for the Rangers, that's a steal of a contract. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't like do that math and go back and look. I mean, it's way better than what's going on these days. But to answer your question, yeah, we can't stand him. Uh, we, we hold on to the fact that he didn't roid with us. And mm. like, I mean, it's hard. He was 19 when he came to Seattle. Like I saw A-Rod. I mean, I was at games in 95 and 96, and I think 94. Like, I saw, or 94 was a, yeah, I saw, you know, 18-year-old A-Rod. Right. And I was, you know, six, seven, eight. But, uh, but I, I, Seattle hates him because 
like had we known he was going to do that, we would have gone all in on or like we would have kept uh, uh, Randy Johnson. Right. Like we sent him to the Astros for a fucking ham sandwich halfway through the two that, and he just goes on to win back to back to back to back. Goddamn, Cyan. Yeah. You got Freddie Garcia. Could have been worse. Oh, good. Yes. Good old Freddie. Get him for <laughs> What a bizarre career Freddie Garcia had. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Seattle uh, does not like A Rod. He jokes about it. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, it was just rough because it was like the last. Because he's also. Like, we won 116 games in 2001 and ended up tying the Yankees for all-time record. But, like, we lost – we dropped a game to Texas that year that we were up, like – we must have been up six, seven runs. And then A-Rod beat us on, like, a walk-off. Mm. And it was just like, that's – you son of a bitch. You couldn't let us have this record. You had to pull – you had to take it from us. Right. But, and it was at the end of the season, too. But It's a very Mariners move to even when you win 116 games, you're still pissed about – there's something to be angry about. Oh, I mean, of course, yes. You know that, Ethan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course I do. There's uh, always something to be mad about. But yeah, it definitely seems. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, I wonder. It's, it's not so. You're, I like that you said it's like a karmic fall for Grace because it definitely seems like there were pro, there were a lot of problems even in those sort of golden years. I mean, that sort of all came to a head. I mean, it's insane. Like, you'd want to talk about the team in the 90s. I mean, we had, we had Griffey, A Rod, Randy Johnson, Tina Martinez. Fuck you, by the way. Edgar Martinez. I mean, we had the greatest pure hitter of a generation, arguably, that no one yeah. really knows about. Like, Edgar Martinez is, without question, the best DH of all time. Yeah. There's a reason the award for best DH every year gets the Edgar Martinez trophy. It's not called the David Ortiz trophy or the Big Poppy trophy. And Big Poppy got in to Cooperstown before Edgar did. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And Edgar did all this. I mean, he didn't break into the league until he was 27 or 28, I think. Yeah. But he like, was, yeah, I think if, if you weren't a fan of baseball in like the 90s or early 2000s, it's hard to under, under, hard to explain just how much like he defined I mean, hitting for that generation. Guaranteed. I mean, there aren't players like this. I mean, like I put him on a level of, like Trout where when he was at, I mean, that's a guaranteed base hit. Like yeah. it's, if you strike him out, that's sports center top 10 because it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it was just like it, it was. It was automatic, and it was so nice to have as a fan, when, especially in baseball. When you you had Griffey, because you're talking Griffey. I think A Rod was batting three, and Edgar was batting, or no, A Rod was batting two. Griffey was batting three. Edgar was batting four. He was batting cleanup, and we had I think I think we had like Joey Core batting one. But like, yeah, I mean, it was just like. Who it's an insane to, lineup, yeah. Who wants to face uh, – there was a point in the 90s where pitchers had to face back-to-back-to-back to back to back Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr., and Edgar Martinez. Oh, Tino Martinez. And Tino. And Jay Buhner, yeah. And Jay uh, – Buhner was hitting one. Okay. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So we had all those players, and we had ran, we had the big unit on the mound. It was always just like when he was on the mound, it was just like, oh, dude. He was just like watching a bully at recess. Yeah. <laughs> he was a force. All of them, I was going to say he was a force of nature, but all those players were forces of nature in their own right. And yeah, it's just, I think, it, I remember like 97 being like, the Mariners got this. I mean, Cleveland was really good that year. They were good that year. Oh, but, I but, yeah. forever hate Cleveland. I mean, I will never root for a Cleveland team. Ever. <laughs> I mean, 
Oh, yeah. You know, is it just a shit city? Sorry if there's any Cleveland listeners, but if you're self-aware enough and you're from Cleveland, you know that's true. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, that was that was a rough one. Cleveland, um, and then I think we bizarrely didn't make it. It was either '97 or '98. Or maybe 99. One of those years, we I don't think we made the playoffs. It was weird. There's a great YouTube, uh, like whole. I'll send it to you, but it's like eight episodes. I think it's done by uh, um, SB Nation about just the absurdity of the Mariners' history and like their wins and losses, the players they've had, and it didn't work out. I mean, we had David Ortiz in our farm system. There's so many players that were in our farm system that just. I mean, we were just. I mean, we're baseball's farm system. We are major leagues, farm system. When other teams need players, it was always just like, oh, let's go get it from the Mariners. Because they do not know what they have. Mm. Well, what I usually, I try to end these episodes on a note of hope. I will fully admit this is one of the harder teams to end on a a note of hope. What about a suicide note? Uh, That's that's one option. It is Seattle. But but, uh, in terms uh, terms of where they go, and what they can do to fix this and how to right the ship. What would you say would be the main hope for I mean, the Mariners? We don't have, I mean, we have all these young players that I, at this point, it's so hard for me to keep up. I mean, I know we have Kyle Lewis and we got PJ what, or JP whatever from Phillies. He's our shortstop and he's, he's fun. We got a, a, a little group of guys, but like the Mariners, if they're ever going to be significant, a again, but B for any sustainable amount of time, have to rethink the entire concept of what a farm system is. Mm. And I, th- I think all of baseball does because I think it is a, a very broken system. But I think the team to do it, I think a team will do it and they will figure it out because there is no, it, there is really no formula for judging a baseball player's talent. You just don't know. Right. You can draft. You can you can think he's a number one. I mean, how many number ones have been bust? You can get a yeah. you can get a rod, or you can get a who the hell who's out of the league in a year. Yeah. And I think part of that is it's such a weird pressure thing, and there is no. I mean, you look at like the Miami Heat and what they did this year with their. They've created like the first real farm system in the NBA. I mean, if the Mariners do something like that and really commit to figuring out how to develop guys well. Um, and and just committing to have it all be homegrown and drafting. I mean, figuring out how to draft baseball players. They just don't. I mean, they did it. I don't know if it was an accident with Griffey and A Rod, but they haven't gotten a guy since really. Mm-hmm. So they have to learn how to draft baseball players, and they have to develop a farm system that can build them into starting baseball players, everyday starting baseball players in the major leagues. And they just haven't been able to do that. We're never going to be a team to go an organization that's going to get free agents. It's just not us. Mm. Do you but, think Latin America will help or do you think it's just yeah. that? Yeah. But I mean, I, that's always what we've done. We've always looked, we were, we were, the, we were early adopters of the Japanese league. We've been early adopters of the Latin America league. I mean, that's where we found Felix, but right. it's like, you can always, you can pivot to these things and there, there are other avenues or other little veins to help your, uh, incoming talent to get talent, but they're never at the end of the day, the majority of your players are coming from the college or high school level. It's you got to figure out how to get in on that. Yeah. 
Well, I hope it uh, works out. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be interesting. You know, as weirdly as someone who like '90s rivalries mean a lot to me, like I still have a weird feeling about the Pacers as, as like a '90s Knicks fan, and like who mm-hmm. the fuck cares about Knicks Pacers in 2020? But like, I do weirdly miss the Mariners being something to contend with. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. It it's was hard a to fun. Explain. I mean, we were. It was. I mean, it was especially at that time we were the opposite of the Yankees. You guys were clean cut by the book. We had Randy Johnson on the mound. We had Lou Pinello, who you didn't know if he was going to punch it up or yeah. in any given game. You didn't know if Lou was going to throw a base across yeah. the field. Like, this is, we. I mean, it was amazing. You had Griffey, who hated the Yankees. You had the antithesis. You had a guy who, an embodiment of Yankee hate. Yeah. You had, you had Buner, who used to be a Yankee. You guys flipped him to us for nothing and regretted that. But Yeah. As famously, then you took Tino. It was just a fun, and it was a David and Goliath thing. It was a team that shouldn't exist and barely did against perennial pennant winners. Yeah, no, it was really fun, and I—it's a rivalry I miss, and I—I legitimately hope. Yeah, it was blast for Seattle too because we got to be relevant. I mean, we picked on the biggest kid in the yard and like kind of won sometimes. Yeah, but it was. And everyone had to be like, who are these guys? And we're like, well, I mean, don't worry about us. We're not going to be around a while. <laughs> all right. Well, Justin, where can we find you on the internet? Any plugs, all that jazz? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at Justin H. Clark. Same Instagram handle is the same, Justin H. Clark. And, uh, you know, the content is lackluster. So have fun. <laughs> you know, you'll regret well, just- I will say Justin is a very funny man, and if you can throw money at someone in stand-up, he's on the list of people I would like you to throw money at. So, oh, yeah. Boy. Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Justin. Hey, Ethan. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Hope you're doing well up there. And, I'm and, doing uh, all right. I'll survive. The great yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to My Team Sucks. If you like the show, you can follow us at My Team Sucks Cast on Twitter, My Team Sucks Podcast on Instagram, and My Team SCKS on Facebook. Facebook does not like the word sucks, apparently. You can follow me, Ethan Stanislavski, at Ethan Stan Comedy on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. You can also donate to the show through our Anchor.fm page, or you can Venmo me directly at Ethan Stanislavski. Thanks for tuning in. Hope your team doesn't suck.